do 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 here we go my name is todd adams this is kathy adams welcome back to yet another episode of zen parenting radio this is episode number i want to say 315 315 because last time was pi that's, Remember? yeah that's right 315 so uh in case you're new to zen parenting uh what we, what do we do why do we listen the reason that we have these podcasts, so you'll feel outstanding. And who doesn't want to feel outstanding? And always remember our motto, which is, the best predictor of a child's well-being is a parent's self-understanding. Uh, so instead of the normal jibber-jabber that comes from Kathy and I, we have two wonderful guests. We have Jill Salzman, created, creator of The Founding Moms, and her daughter, uh, Maggie, who's here. Maggie, how old are you? Eight. Well, and I have to say this first, Jill, your bio is extensive. It's terribly exhausting to read myself, <laughs> so it's okay. You don't but have to go through the whole thing. We didn't. I kind of put it together shorter, but I just want to say that it's not because the other things aren't of value. Because when you've had a big career, it's you're worth it you to know, say I've everything you've done. I've done a lot of things, and I can. the list is long, but exactly. really, I, I only do one thing. There you go. So let me read this. So uh, Jill Salzman created The Founding Moms, the world's first and only kid-friendly collective of monthly meetups for mom entrepreneurs, which is good because most of our listeners, unfortunately, are moms. I'm trying to get the guys on board. Unfortunately? That's yeah. a beautiful thing. I know, but I want I want even distribution. I want more guys to jump on board. So say that a different way. I always get on Todd about the, the words. It's not unfortunate that we have mom listeners, but you would like it to be balanced with male listeners as right. well. Well, okay. When and, you say unfortunate, it sounds... And all of your mom listeners, not all of them, but most of them are going to come with dad. Yes. Yes. I just there. wish the dads would jump on board They're more going quickly. To. Uh, going that's to. the whole plan. It's slow moving. It is. So this is her third entrepreneurship venture after graduating from Brown University and law school. Did you go to law school at Brown? I didn't go. To, no, I went to uh, Southwestern University in Los Angeles. Um, she launched the Founding Moms to connect mom entrepreneurs around the globe with one another. Jill's been CNN headline news she's been on cnn headline news people magazine chicago tribune to name just a few and her ted talk why moms make the best entrepreneurs received received rave reviews in 2013 forbes named the founding moms one of the top 10 websites for women entrepreneurs 2014 cnn money called jill a mommy mogul do you feel like a mommy mogul i definitely do not okay <laughs> And in uh, 2015, <laughs> Forbes named the Founding Mobs one of the top 10 websites for entrepreneurs. Mm. Jill is also co-host of the most entertaining business podcast in the world, Breaking Down Your Business. So welcome. Thank you. Woo, Jill. So how do we want to start, sweetie? Well, first I want to say that when we started talking, which was a couple months ago, I checked out your website and everything you're doing. And first of all, just the most simple thing on your website, and say the website again, just so. Foundingmoms.com. So foundingmoms.com, just the resource page alone. Oh, Jill. awesome. I'm glad you say that. Oh, my gosh. That's great. It's actually, uh, if you go to foundingmoms.com slash resources, it's all stuff handpicked by me. Yes. It, it's not paid placement stuff. So I really do recommend it. And I really, could tell really. just by the way you wrote about it. Because yeah. you're like, this is this, you know, you kind of explain, but it's things that even Todd and I are looking for right now in our own business. Oh, good. So I was like, oh, another place that we can get our email and website, another just great. Fantastic. So Thanks. Let's let's say this. How and why, because you had other entrepreneurial venture I sure did. You know, yeah. You, you did other things before. So how did founding mom start? Uh, it started because of those other things I was doing. So <laughs> I 
Uh, in 2005, I started a music management company. Okay. I was managing bands. I sent them out on the road. They toured. I did their publicity. Uh, and then two years later, I had my first baby girl. And I usually tell this story, and she's not usually sitting right across from me. <laughs> um, but when Maggie was born, I received a pair of sterling silver anklets with bells on them mm. uh, for her to wear as sort of like welcome to the universe. Uh, and they were shipped from <laughs> Thailand. So everywhere I carried her, everybody said, where can I get those? Where can I get those? So business number two was born shortly after Maggie was born. Nice. And I sold baby jewelry while I was managing bands. Uh, and so 2009, when I was pregnant with my second kiddo, who's not here, I, I freaked out. And I thought, I'm in a tiny home office. I'm going to have two kids. I have two businesses. Will someone come and tell me how I can run businesses with babies all in one place? Right. Because this sounds nuts. And I, until then, it sounds crazy to say, but I didn't know a single woman with a business and a baby. So I went to meetup.com. I started a little meetup in Oak Park, Illinois. And uh, and from there it grew and grew and grew, and I sort of realized it's bigger than anything I've ever done before. I have to chase this and ask people what they need and post resources and keep on organizing meetups and and do things to help them because it's tremendous. So do your other two businesses still exist, or are you ah, now all founding moms? I'm all founding moms all the time. So I closed up the music management company in 2010. I sold the baby jewelry in 2011. So yeah. um, in your TED Talk, you got something that many of us entrepreneurs would love to get, which is some type of celebrity endorsement. Yes. And that's something Kathy and I always talk about. Like if we could just get one tweet from some no kidding. crazy famous person. So will you tell your story real quick? Uh, yeah. In fact, I have a couple of them at this point. Okay, but when I sold the baby jewelry business, or not sold it rather, when I had it, um, around the time that I had just started selling these anklets, uh, some family friends of mine called and they said, hey, there are some folks who just moved next door to us. This was in Los Angeles. Uh, and they happened to be the parents of Gwen Stefani. And I knew <laughs> Gwen Stefani at the time was having her second kid, baby Zuma. And I thought, ooh, just like you, celebrity endorsement. I've got to do this. So I wrote Gwen a little note and I packaged one up and I shipped it to this family friends of mine. And I said, would you mind walking this next door? And I never heard from them and they never said yes. So I shipped the package and I knew nothing about it. And a couple months later, I got a phone call. Jill, go to PerezHilton.com if anybody remembers that website. I sure do. And, uh, and I thought, well, okay, sure. Why? And I went to the homepage and that day it was a picture of Gwen Stefani carrying baby Zuma wearing my bumble bells and Perez Hilton had circled the bumble bells and written stylin. Mm. So that I, blew my mind. And so I called every single person I knew and said, who knows somebody at people magazine? Cause it's a celebrity endorsing my product. Mm -hmm. uh, and I ended up parlaying it into something in people magazine. And then I thought I could retire. Mm -hmm. You can't retire if your jewelry <laughs> is in people, but it, it's really nice for a couple of months. Yeah. So what's interesting about that story is that a lot of times we think with that one celebrity endorsement, that that's going to make our business grow. But the truth is we need all these people. We need all their advice. We need everybody to come together so we know exactly what it really takes to run a business. Because one celebrity endorsement, like you said in People yeah. Magazine, doesn't make it necessarily no, grow. it's not sustainable. And I used to think that it takes a village only applied to parenting, but it is 100% transferable to business. And I have had success with three businesses now, and it's solely because of so many other people, not me. Yes. And having been so lonely in a home office for seven years before I exited my office and said, I need other people, 
uh, it was it was quite a transition to accept the fact that I couldn't do it all by myself. So, Jill, help back up for me. What exactly do you do at your monthly meetings? What is Founding Moms? Help me understand what that is. Sure. So we have two components. Our offline component are monthly meetups via meetup.com where you can bring your kids. You can show up in a non-formal outfit. That's my favorite part. Sweats spit up all over them. Baby strapped to you if you need it. If you're a grandmother, you don't have to bring anybody. Uh, you're all welcome. We sit down. We get to know each other very briefly. Mm-hmm. We really focus on the business expert who comes and talks to us about any business topic that month. Uh, marketing, sales, and social media are our most popular topics, mm-hmm. but we have tons of them every month. And then they're usually somehow is in uh, three to five practical, actionable tips are offered so everyone can literally leave the meeting go home, practice what they've learned, and make more money. So So, we have a concentration of listeners here in Chicago, but actually most of our listeners are outside of the Chicagoland area. So you host... Hi, everybody. So you you host two in the Chicagoland area, one in... I personally host one in Chicago, actually two in Chicago and one in Oak Park. And these are each monthly groups? They are each monthly. Okay. So for example, the second Tuesday of every month, we meet up in Wicker Park. Got it. But there are 48 other me's hosts in 48 other cities around the world. Can I read some sure, of them? Go ahead. Because they're all over the place. Boston, Los Angeles, Atlanta, DC, Charleston, Seattle, Cape Cod, San Francisco, New York City. They're even in Australia, Canada, Singapore, the Netherlands, Croatia, Germany, and Mexico. And we actually have a very large audience in Australia, which is interesting. <gasps> hey, and we have five in Australia, wow. five nice. different locations. So, hi, Gold Coast. Hi, other places I've not <laughs> been to yet. Hey, Sydney. Exactly. We're all uh, waving. And right we're about now. to open up in London. And I every moment that I hear from a new host who wants to open up inner city. We do it. So this might be devil's advocate. So like, what are you providing to these women who want to start in another city? Like, what are they getting from you to do it? Is it just, is it a how-to and that's it? Or is it a website or is it all the above? If you can think of every women in business or networking event, anyone, man or woman has ever been to, we like to think of ourselves as the much more relaxed, informal, actually let's get down to business kind of forum where it's comfortable. If we could all be sitting on couches, we would. Yes. We all drink coffee. We all stuff our faces with stuff we're not supposed to eat. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we don't so much focus. If you're coming to the meeting with your business card in hand going, I really hope I leave here with three contacts. Mm-hmm. That's not the group for you. Got it. We are very focused on the educational component, not the, I just want to sit around and talk about my kiddos. Right. Sorry, my darling. I love you, but we don't do that. Though. You are still important to us. Um, but here's this is what I love. Okay. Okay. Because we talk a lot on the show about the masculine and the feminine. We talk about it not in terms of just gender identity. We talk in terms of within each of us, there's masculine and feminine, and we, you know, we're on a spectrum. You know, we sure. show up this way. Sure. Now, right now, business is very masculine. Yes. You know, and the things that a lot of times women are asked to do or expected to do, it's a very masculine model, Mm -hmm. but it has nothing to do with their abilities or their ideas. Correct. It's just a model. So what I love about what you're doing is this is the same kind of business, like you said, women are there to make contacts, make money, uh, do better with marketing, get new ideas, but they're doing it in a model that works for their life. Yes. And so we get their ideas out there. We get, exactly. So Todd, to your like devil's advocate point, it's not just about a meetup group to be like, hi, I'm this person 
now we're friends. This is I need to get my ideas mm-hmm. out there. You know, the, you're probably meeting amazing women all and the time. And in fact, the founding moms is a little bit of a unfortunately a misnomer for a lot of people who assume mom oh the brain came out with the baby when the baby was born exactly so we have very powerful women who are running accounting firms and law firms and one woman recently showed up who owns a construction company uh they're doing big stuff they're doing small stuff and not so many of them but a number of them have products it's just it runs the gamut but what's interesting i'm realizing for the very first time is that you asked What's the intent and why are you offering something different than other folks? And really, I can tell you, I see it not in what I intended to do, Mm. but in the reaction that people have when they come. Because if you sit around with a group of women entrepreneurs, all reinforcing, oh, wait, I don't have to work a traditional nine to five. I can make money in the evenings. I can go off and do something that's traditionally viewed as masculine, but I'm going to do it in a feminine way and it's okay. Right. Wow. That is such a wonderful positive feedback loop that people leave very energized. Well, what I was going to say is this is this, instead of the women trying to be like men in the workplace, this is capturing the essence of the strength of the feminine side. Yes. And you guys aren't trying to be masculine, but you, the feminine can still get work done in a different way. And one example I'll give is Kathy and I did a conference this year and we're doing another one next year. And when she had this great idea that was all hers, I said, great, let's do a cost-benefit analysis. Let's get the Excel spreadsheet going. And she made a vision board. She literally- Oh, I love that. She literally did Google images on the some words that she wants to cultivate as anybody who attended the conference, some of the people that we respect that we want to invite to be a part of the conference. And I'm like, what are you doing? This is not how you think she was crazy? Yes. (laughs) And I still do. And did you think he was crazy? I thought he was doing what's traditionally done. Ah. You know, like what he was doing was okay, money. Okay, mark you know, and I'm not saying money and marketing aren't important. I'm saying that's step two. First we need to know why what we're we doing want it. Right. and why because we have to have the underlying intention which i think again everybody who's listening we're speaking in generalities here i know that men and women can have differing um strengths but typically um women can create that big vision you know yeah. like and men can too but women are like how does this feel yeah what's this going to look like how will this help people and these are all questions that men would not usually ask. But I think all of this is just because people have thrown up these blocks about what you're supposed to do and not supposed to do. Correct. Because in in a group of women that I meet, some of them are very masculine. Some of them are very feminine. And you know, a lot of men you meet are very feminine in how they do things and some are not. But there's a you're supposed to that everybody carries that is so silly. I think you guys are a fantastic example of how you're working together and going, oh, well, she's a little crazy. He's a little crazy. But I can see you can do it differently and have the same out- outcome. When we first started yeah, with right. the podcast, the way we described it is it's a logical and practical dad with a uh, spiritual, spiritual and, emotional and emotional mom. mom. And since then, we've kind of let that go. But that's kind of how we started because I there's most of my life, most of my, from when I was born till I was, I don't know, seven, eight years ago, I was all about, if it's not logical, unless you can prove it in a mathematical equation, Uh. it does not exist. And now I've since kind of detached from that. And I know that there are things that are beyond my understanding that still are true. Say so the fact that you're hosting this show to me says you're much more spiritual than the traditional businessman. Yes. So I wouldn't even have said to you, "Well, you seem like a very practical, logical guy." Well, <laughs> yeah, and, the, and but there are still some tendencies that pop up sure. in my uh, kind of like sure. the conference. Like we need to get a marketing budget, we need to do this, and you're like, "Let's start here." Right. Mm. And here's again going to your work, Jill, is we need both. 
Yeah, it's not absolutely. about one or the other. It's absolutely. about the balance. And we we need the woman's voice. We need her intuitive knowledge. We need her um, hands-on work. Like you said, what did you just say? That a woman who came in who owns a construction company. Yeah, it's got nothing it. to do, you know, that working with her hands too. Well, we genderizing it. it is so silly. Exactly. And I feel very funny saying that as the founder of the Founding Moms where – are the men who show up are just our speakers mm-hmm. because people think, well, she must dislike men extraordinarily to host this. And I look at it really as, as a getting women together to say, no, we can do this along alongside the men, but something about all of these blockades that they've come up with make them go, well, I need a lot of support from these women to go, no, it's okay to be me or it's okay to create a vision board or it is okay to be masculine as a woman in business. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and for everyone to see that there are so many differences, we can stop genderizing. The so, village concept yes, again. You need the people such, around you. So necessary. So just for clarification, at these meetings, uh, the attendees are all women, correct? Correct. But uh, the speakers are not necessarily just women. You correct. also invite men. Correct. Got it. Got it. Yep. And what's the split? Is it 50-50 or is it mostly women or? In terms of speakers? Speakers. Totally split. And in a lot of cities, uh, uh, this is so bad to say as the founder, I often don't know who the speakers are Right. in all of the cities where hosts are taking care of it. So we have a lot of people that listen to the show and they may be like, wow, Jill sounds like she's got her stuff together. This sounds interesting to me. Ah! Interesting to me. And, <laughs> I sure don't, everybody. <laughs> and you are, um, so if somebody wants to either get involved, there's two ways. One is go to a meeting and another is I want to start this in my city. Is oh, that- sure. If you, yes. If you go to foundingmoms.com, um, there's a I want to start one in my city button. There is. Uh, yes, you can definitely reach out to me. You have to apply. We have to make sure you're a fit. But if you're if if what you don't see one in your city, there's a little form we have that asks seemingly silly questions, but but helps very... me figure out that you're a match or you're not a match. I did forget to mention that if you're the kind of person who's still so shy or new to business or you think you don't know what you're doing, we have an online membership. Got it. 35 bucks a month, you can get access to video courses, a forum, soon to be a directory where you can hide until mm-hmm. you're ready to come out and play. Right. You know, I have a question, and I don't know if you know the answer to this, Jill, but are there more male or female entrepreneurs? And again, I am genderizing here. I'm just curious because I feel like women, again, traditionally, because they're often staying home, there are men staying home now too with the kids, but they've had to be more creative in their work field. Yes? Mm, I. I don't know the answer to your question because yeah. I don't think they do enough surveys or studying of actually how many there are. And in fact, I get asked often uh, how how many moms there are versus women entrepreneurs. Interesting. And there are very, very, very few studies. You could count them on one hand. Mm-hmm. And I think that they didn't really encompass everyone everywhere either. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. But I know that a lot of women who don't have babies yet also show up to the founding moms because they want the education. Uh uh, so I can just tell you a very hard fact. There are a lot of us. Yes. <laughs> hey, I will That's take it. That's a very scientific number. Well, you know why Founding Moms is us. helpful for um, younger women who haven't had children? It doesn't matter if they plan to or not. But a lot of times I hear from women who are starting out, if I do decide to have a family, I have to figure out my escape plan. It's kind of similar to you know mm. what's written in Lean In yes. um, or Playing Big by the Tara exit Moore. Strategy. The exit strategy. Mm-hmm. Where a group like yours is the reminder of you may need to exit in some way, something may change where you're going to end up doing something different, but there's a whole other world here for you. I a whole I, other village. You know, it's funny you say that. I still don't understand the exit thing. Yeah. I mean, if you're a VC... Looking yeah. to invest in a huge Groupon type of company, go for it. Come up with an exit because you need it. Right. 
but most of our members, I'm thrilled if you're making money, feeding your family, supporting your local economy, and doing that for the rest of your life. Yeah. Because you should. And why are people in business so used to saying, no, there needs to be a way to get out at some point and make the big bucks? It's too much pressure. It is. And a lot of us don't care. It is. It is. Yeah. And I and that is kind I feel like even when I'm saying it to you, I've seen that less in the questions that Todd and I get because we have people email mm. us, you know, like I'm a mom. I feel like I should leave work. I need to figure out how to get out when really I don't see that as much as I used to five right. years ago. Yeah. Things have changed. Um, things have, you know, like you said, the village has grown. We have other role models now. Right. You know, so many. The see it to be it thing. Thank you to the Internet. Right. I know. Yeah. I, I know. love that. I know. Sorry. I kind of no. took over there for <laughs> a little bit. I You're just good. wanted. So. Uh, can I ask another question? Sure, go ahead. What do you think, I mean, the village, because we've already said that over and over and over again, what do you think moms are getting out of this the most? Like, what do you, th- when people call you and say, Jill, thank you for putting this together, what are they thanking you for? Oh, I love that. Uh, I get a lot of, um, a lot of it is the feeling of it, sort of the vibe of the meeting. It's a very real place for them. I hear that a lot, uh, that it's not a stuffy I must project a certain persona. I must show up and tell you that my business is doing just so fantastic that like just it's just amazing and I'm rolling in cash. Uh, you can come and you can say I'm having terrible problems. How do I fix this? Uh, and and do it with a huge collection of women, different ages, different races, massive age range. I love that because a lot of the older moms will come and tell the moms with young babies don't worry, there's hope yes. in the future. Uh, and we, we just all learn so much from one another. It's very open. But really, I think the, I don't know how else to say, very real, very down to earth. Yeah, what I was going to say is um, there is a, an element, not even element, the foundational principle of this is authenticity. Yes. So instead of people coming in and being a very egoic place where you got to make sure that everybody knows who you are and what you do yes. and how much money you make it's almost encouraged to say, what are you struggling with? Because let's help each other out. Right. And just by way of showing up and not even opening your mouth, you can get a lot out of hearing from other people what their struggles are. It's a as we all know. Yeah, it's a different method of communication. It's like my method of communication today is just listening. Right. But maybe at the next meeting, I have some advice yes. I can share or yes. an experience that I can We've share. had members show up for six months straight who will say, I don't know what my business is, but I really want to launch one. And the seventh month, she launches a branding business, for example, and now she's doing really well two years later. Power. Um, yeah. I would assume, talk about a runway for you to grow from. I mean, even Chicago got 7 million people in the Chicago land area. You have two meetings or three three locations right now, right? Yeah. There's probably room for 100 times more than oh, that. Oh, yes. Right? So, oh, I mean, yes. this is just getting started. We're just getting started. I mean, 50 cities, 10,000 members. And when we were... 10 cities, 500 members. I thought it was magical and we were huge. Yeah. And now knowing that this is, all the questions are the same everywhere internationally mm-hmm. about fear, about profits, about everything in business is the same. Mm-hmm. So it's, I, I agree with you. I think that there's so many more places. I do. But we just need awareness. We need people to go. This isn't so scary. There isn't one way to do it, et cetera. So tell us again, we're going to ask you again at the very end, but the website. So people sure. can go to it. Foundingmoms.com. If you Google Jill Salzman, I'm very easy. Easy yes. to find. Uh, but foundingmoms.com is the place to go. Great. Yeah. Um, I have a question for Maggie. Can you turn uh, up her, her microphone? She's please? on. Hi, Maggie. Hi. How you doing, sweetie? Good. I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. Now, in no way am I going to hold you to this, so don't worry. All right. But what do you think you want to do when you grow up? Like right now, what are you interested in? Well, 
Um, two things the most. I really want to become a scientist mm. to cure cancer. Oh. But I also really, really like art, so I also want to be an artist. Talk about both sides of your brain. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I say do both. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I don't mean that in like, a, oh, you got to work hard. I'm not going to do that. But you can do both if you want to. That's right. great. I just like it when, because my daughters are not, you know, at, in school they talk about STEM, science, technology, engineering, mm-hmm. and math. Mm-hmm. And I, I, who knows what our daughter's going to end up like. But none of them have embraced that side of the brain. Mm-hmm. Fair to say? Well, n- no. Okay. I wouldn't say that's fair to say. I think I just that- always hear complaints about math. Correct. That's it. But you know, sometimes I wonder those things change. Like, uh, you know, like in fifth grade, do you like math? Maybe? Yes. Okay, great. And it, does it ever have anything to do with your teacher? Well, not really, but sometimes it's the way they express it. Yes. But most of the time, I just like math. You just like it inherently, which is great. Yeah. But I some I found when I was young, like in fifth and sixth grade, I didn't love math. But in eighth grade, I had a great math teacher, and then yeah, it reignited it a huge that difference. It yeah. did. So our girls right now seem to be a little more in the the literature, you know, area. Mm-hmm. Which I know Maggie is too because she brought her books. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, Jill, in your TED talk, you talked about mom entrepreneurs and how they are suited for it because of their ability to multitask. Yeah. I wonder if you just want to expand on that of the difference between men and women multitasking, all that stuff. Sure. And I still stand by what I said in 2011. And I'm not a man, so I can't tell you what that's like. Mm. So I only know from my experience that if you are raising a child, and I do think this goes for dads as well, you are thrown sick days or you are thrown curveballs where their moods change or they can suddenly talk or they have teenage events to get to and your day is always changing. And I think it's exactly the same thing in small business. Mm -hmm. There is not, okay, now I have my schedule and everything's going to happen exactly the way I set it up every day. There's always a meeting that gets canceled or something blows up in your face. Uh, Fortunately in business, it's not yelling at you the way a kid possibly could. But I think that the practice of it is identical. So to be able to juggle family and kids and multiple personalities and then do that in business with employees or with different departments you're running all at once, same deal. Mm-hmm. You got to learn how to roll with it. Yes. And you got to know that there are just some things that need to be taken care of, you know, off the cuff and that you can handle it and that we don't go into a ball and yes. like fall apart. And I think parenting get you there faster because you have such a limited amount of time to do work. I know you have, you have to focus, you know, the kid's going to wake up soon. I've got to go in. So it's like, especially when they're little, you can really get good at that part. The time management, the handling crisis, the having to rally, the having to create, be creative and think out of the box. And like you said, this doesn't have to be just about gender, but I feel like like last week, just as an example, personal example, my girls, they left for camp the other day and to get them ready for camp was a whole series of events. It's like a show. It's like a show. Convention. It is. Not only getting all of their stuff ready, but like all the forms and making sure I talk to this person. I mean, it was. And the emotion of it. And and not that, and again, it's not that Todd wasn't there for it. I I was in charge of it. I made sure I was and I didn't necessarily need help. But he had no idea the things that went into. Because it's kind of invisible. Like you're at your computer and for all I know, you're writing a chapter in your next book, but yet you're actually working on getting camp together. So for us, how husbands, like, all I got to say is being a full-time mom or even a part-time mom, if the dad is doing the traditional thing nine to five, it is, we have no idea how much 
work it takes to do that. I mean, you have a full-time job in addition to being a full-time mom. So, uh, but unless I know, I don't acknowledge it. And, but then it's not like it's your job to say, hey, just so you know, I'm doing all this stuff so you don't do it. And then sometimes there's a boiling point. You're like, hey, just so you know, this took I'm doing a all this stuff. ton of stuff. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it's just, it's just, it's tricky. It's relationship stuff that we always talk about. On this yeah, podcast. but all of the tools that you guys collect doing that are probably helpful in business. Yeah. Exactly. And I like the word he just used, invisible, because don't you? That's yes. the other thing that your group yes. probably has is they 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 talk about all those little things underneath that maybe nobody sees that make all the difference. Well, I think that's why you guys are a magical pair because most of the women, uh, truly, who come to the meetings will talk about how unsupportive their spouses or their partners are, and I don't even think they mean. He treats me badly or he no, ignores me. Probably a good. They're just not getting the support they need because they don't know how to ask because yeah. it's invisible for their partner. Yeah. Uh, and it's it's just tough to sort that out and to know when you're going into business for the first time how to do that is already a whole little business to figure out and learn. Well, if we yeah. peaked at any interest in what you just said, Jill, regarding the relationship stuff, we interviewed a woman named Bridget Schulte. What was the name of her book? Overwhelmed. Did you read her book? Don't think I did, Your but it's on my list. Would love her. Okay. Yeah. And we we did a podcast with her. She's wonderful. But Overwhelmed was all about that that first of all, she did a lot of research about the history of, you know, men and women and and, you know, work. a little more gender specific yeah. when it comes to mm. work. But then now how things have changed and how the language we can use, the way we can communicate with our partners and how we can show up because it is two sided. To your point, the women at your meeting, they're saying, I don't feel supported. But my question always is because I, you know, I do work with women. Sure, is what are you saying? Right. Or, or they'll say, "Are I you don't... asking for help?" Exactly. Yeah. Are you even? Because they'll say, "I don't feel supported." And I'll say, "Well, what does he say when you talk to him?" Well, I don't talk to him about right. it. Right. It's so funny, but you know, it's not something until you go out to your village and talk to them about it. You don't realize you're not doing it. And what's funny about this to me is the amount of time people can help coach each other on. You should ask for help. You should ask your partner for awareness even, acknowledgement, but then nobody does it in business. Hey, I need you know more sales. I need to do more marketing. Well, what are you doing for that? Well, I don't know. I'm sitting here waiting for a sale to happen. Well, why aren't you going and asking for it? You know, And people just don't ask enough in business, in my view. So maybe some are really good at it personally and not in business and vice versa. You're you know? right. Who knows? And then it's really the same principle, just applied it's exactly in a different Exactly the place. same one, but there are all kinds of emotions that come with, well, do I put myself out there and ask for... You know, he's supposed to just know. No, we're not. Here's the the deal. You know, the brand is supposed to just know to pay me money. (laughs) And here's the thing. Speaking as a husband and a father and a man, we don't know. We're we're clueless. And a lot of you fathers are running the corporations that we want to pay us. We are. Yes, we are absolutely clueless. And it's just, ladies, I, I know that us guys have a lot of baggage and a lot of things that we can be better at, but give us some. Give, give us as many clues as possible, please. Yeah. And yeah. feedback in a, and again, this is a lot about what the show is about, in a respectful mm. and kind. honorable way and holding ourselves, you know, it, we value ourselves, we value the person that we're talking to. Right. If that's the way we show up, if that's our intention, then this, this conversation can go somewhere positive. Sure. But if we show up defensive, right. if we show up I was saying, just going to say, yes. if he's defensive. Forget it. 
Well, just don't be, guys. You yeah. know, just if, if she looks a little nuts right now, there's a reason. Exactly. And that the emotions have their place too. Right. We don't, you know, again, it's that idea of someone who's in business is always calm, cool, and collected, and they never show emotion. Emotion can heighten what needs to get done. Yes. Right? Oh, my goodness. So I have this podcast called Breaking Down Your Business. Yes, tell us about that. With another guy uh, named Brad Ferris, who's a small business consultant in Chicago. And we started it because we wanted to highlight the vulnerability of the business owner. So every week we have a guest on and we, we ask them what a problem that they're having or what is a problem they're having in their business. And it is incredible to us how often last minute guests will back out because they don't have any problems. They, what are you talking about? Oh. No, their business is great. Interesting. And we'll go, no, it's not. Yeah. No one's business is great. And so we get a lot of cancellations. And then the folks who come on who are emotional or show that they're vulnerable and having a bad day or time with this tough thing, which everyone thinks, well, everyone else has this figured out. So I'm the only one who's having this problem is also not true. So we have this uh, very interesting situation going on where we get to see a lot of emotion in business and it's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, and we talk a lot about uh, embracing vulnerability, Brene Brown, we're big fans of, and yes. you know, as a guy, you know, God forbid a man ever expresses any sense of vulnerability. And I'm sure even women struggle with that same yes, thing. I absolutely. mean, I think the feminine is more likely to embrace vulnerability than... Depending on what you're talking about, though. Right. Again, there may be some areas, but sometimes, again, it's these universal principles. Are we applying them in all areas of our life? Yeah. You know, and so to your point, you know, this... And again, your podcast, again, is called... It's called Breaking Down Your Business. Breaking Down Your Business. And we sure break them down. I love we, it. We uh, yell at our guests a lot. <laughs> I love it. And <laughs> and having those conversations of let's, and again, oh, the name of our conference, Jill, which will make you laugh, is Let's Get Real. Like, we're right there with you. I love it. I know. The I, let's Get I, Real. I'm the first parenting. person who's going to buy a ticket. Yes. <laughs> love it. We want you there. Let's we want the founding real. And But that's what we find most important is you can't learn from things that aren't real. Because right. if people are telling you fake ways or they're telling you, oh, this wasn't really hard, then people who are having difficulty think I'm doing it wrong. Right. Versus, oh, it you know, I heard this would be difficult or I heard I might get sidetracked here or my village has communicated mm -hmm. that this is when I really need to. It's kind of like right. when you're I'm going to I'm going to make this a mom thing, you know, in childbirth when we heard and it doesn't matter if you know how you gave birth. It just we all heard this beforehand that right before you give birth, it's going to be the hardest when you are about at nine centimeters. Right. You're going to want to be like, no, get me out of here. Get me out. But that's right before the breakthrough. Right. Yes, absolutely. That's when it happens. Yes, that's true. I know. That's a crazy birth totally. metaphor. I love <laughs> Maggie, don't you remember? Maggie, you were there. Yeah. Do you, you remember that? No, not at all. <laughs> um, all right. So um, we should probably wrap up. Hey, oh, there's Skylar. There's our daughter. So Hi, Skylar. One big happy family. I know. Our two eight-year-olds are here, Maggie Yay! and Skylar. Um, so anything that you wanted to get to that we didn't get to? I'm feeling so zen. I don't think so. <laughs> I, I think you guys are a fantastic example for parents everywhere. I Thank want you. everyone in the Founding Moms to tune into you guys. Uh, no, I, I would love to meet anyone and everyone who's listening. Come yeah. to a Founding Moms Exchange. Let's yeah. hang out, guys. That's right. And so give us all your websites again. Yeah. Founding Moms oh, sure. website. Foundingmoms.com. So simple. Or you just put Founding Moms into Google. We're right there. Uh, Founding Mom, singular, on Twitter and Instagram. 
I love Instagram. Isn't Instagram Let's the hang best? hang out there. I know. Uh, and then breakingdownyourbusiness.com is our podcast. iTunes? And you guys have to come on the show. Would love uh, to. iTunes, for sure. Okay. Yep. Okay. And, How long uh, have you been doing the podcast for? We are behind you guys we, we, in numbers. We just released our 159th, I think, or 160th episode. Is it once a week? It's once a week. Nice. It used to be twice a week. Nice. Uh, I'm, I'll, give it a, I'll give it a try. It's very different than this. Very high intensity, lots of shouting, so oh much gosh, shouting. That's so interesting because you are like the most zen. And that cool is person. hilarious. I'm scared for you now because <laughs> we usually talk about how people are probably just turning their turning car volume buttons way down. We go to eleven. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? We like to take it to eleven in our own time too, don't we? And thank Todd? you for having my daughter on her very first podcast interview. I, Maggie, yeah. I hope that all your science and art dreams come true. Thank you. Yes, you are lovely. Thank you. Mm. You know what we use on stage, but it's very, very special because if you can see, yeah, the numbers all go to eleven. Look, right across the board, oh. eleven, oh, eleven, and most of eleven, these and then amps go up to ten. Exactly. Does that mean it's louder? Is it any louder? Well, it's one louder, isn't it? <laughs> it's not ten. You see, most most blokes, you know, be playing at ten. You're on ten here, all the way up, all the way up, yeah. all the way up. You're on ten on your guitar. Where can you go from there? Where? I don't know. Nowhere, exactly. <laughs> what we do is, if we need that extra push over the cliff, you know what we do? I put it up to eleven. Eleven, exactly. One louder. Why don't you just make ten louder and make ten be the top number and make that a little louder? These go to 11. <laughs> this is Best a top. Part. Best comedic <laughs> moment. So that's how you guys can remember Jill from Founding Moms. She takes it to 11. Um, Maggie, do you want to hear that song we were hearing before to close out the show? Yeah. All right, here we go. All right. Hey, everybody, thanks for listening. Have a great weekend. Thank you, Jill and Maggie. Thank you for having us. Thanks. Thanks for listening, folks. Hope you felt outstanding. So there's some different ways you can support us. Um, One of them is by asking either Kathy or myself or maybe both of us to speak at your next event. Or you can also tell a friend about our podcast. If you ship Amazon, go through the link on zenparentingradio.com first. It doesn't cost you anything, but Zen Parenting will get a small commission. You can also buy any of Kathy's three amazing books through Amazon or our homepage. And if you're like me and you want to teach your children personal financial management, then use FAMZOO. It's an amazing resource. It's a virtual family bank that will set your children on a path towards financial freedom. Click on the link on the lower right-hand side of our homepage to learn more. And if you're a Chicago guy and want to learn more about The Tribe, the men's group that I lead, go to thetribemensgroup.com. Do you want to grow your business by partnering with us? Shoot me an email. And you can also give us an iTunes review. Lastly, you can subscribe to our podcast through our homepage or iTunes directly. This will guarantee you're up to speed on the latest and greatest of Zen Parenting Radio. You can always send me an email at comments at zenparentingradio.com and I'll be happy to get back to you as soon as I can. Finally, we're thankful for all your support and encouragement and always remember that the best predictor of a child's well-being is a parent's self-understanding. Keep trucking.